come back. Are you talking to me? Yes. I, I don't know. You've got to like point to me or something so that I know that I'm supposed to respond to you and you're not just like introducing the show, but you're talking to me. Okay. Welcome back to another episode of This Is Marriage Podcast. I'm Ashley. I'm Porter. Thank you. It took you a second. I Usually that, I mean, that's um, to be expected where I introduce myself and then you, I pause and wait for you to introduce yourself. Okay. Well, I'm Porter. This um, is our podcast. Yeah. Unsolicited marriage and family and life advice from two people not necessarily qualified to give that advice. Yeah. Not even slightly. But we think we're funny, so. And we've gotten, you know, somewhat good reviews. So sit in, sit down, buckle up, strap on, get ready to go. Strap on? <laughs> I didn't think it was this kind of show. <laughs> I'm glad you caught that. I didn't know if you were. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's, we try and be open and talk about things that make us uncomfortable and talk about things that make other people uncomfortable. We have never had like a full-on sex no. talk on this well, podcast. And it's getting harder and harder to do that because we're finding out that more and more of your family listens <laughs> know. to said podcast. And so for a while, we could have pulled that off because we were relatively anonymous and there was a few select friends that listened, but now your entire family is <laughs> jumping on that bandwagon. So that sex talk is... Yeah, it's just like my Instagram uh, before I had this like safe space where I could like turn into a different person and be the person I want to be. And then I'm like, oh, people I know follow me. You know, I'm uncomfortable. Which is so funny because of all the family like that you should feel the, like, the most comfortable around having a sex talk. Like your family should be like the, you should feel like, the most comfortable knowing that like your people are listening because like it's still an it's I'm still too awkward of a person to ever feel comfortable having that talk. We would have to do it, and I would have to. Oh my god! One of the dogs farted, and it smells so bad. <laughs> but I would have to literally pretend like you and I were just talking to random strangers, yeah. not even family. Like it's not just about family, your family, my family. Just like having people. We know, listen, yeah. and then talk about our sex life. Telling that's everybody just... our credit card debt was one thing. But that's just money. Yeah. Talking about sex is... Although, I mean, if, if Rachel Hollis and her husband is conservative and is weird, you know... I think every time I'm like, oh, should we do a sex episode? I think about, well, they did it. Yeah. They uh, stumbled their way yeah, through it. And she she won't even swear on her podcast yeah. So, anyways, we've got her beat. Tangent. But, this uh, is not the sex talk. No. This is not what this episode is about. This is kind of a a different, not yeah. really a different episode because we've done something like kind of similar, but it's um a I almost said user a listener driven episode. Yeah. So we got an email from. A long-time listener. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Writer. (laughs) (laughs) And and in this email, it was just a barrage of concerns and questions and stuff. And I don't remember exactly which episode she was listening to that stemmed this anxiety-fueled tangent. I think it was the one we did about 
mom guilt. Yes, I think you're right. Absolutely. Good job. The one we talked about where we talked about the Instagram account that I follow and she did like an open forum about mm-hmm. moms writing it about their mom guilt. Yeah. I assume that's the I think you're right. And so so this has been a long time friend and so she sent us this email and we were just kind of going through kind of thinking of what we wanted to talk about tonight and started reading through her email and I was like, holy shit, Ash, we could easily get an hour of content just by responding to some of the questions in, in this email. And I think that when it kind of really became clear that this was something that we should do is when Ash is like, you know, I was reading through some of her questions and she's like, I, I know that I have really bad anxiety, but reading through this girl's questions made me realize that it's not unique to me, like that so many other women share so much of these same things and, but just don't talk about it. Right. Like, yeah, that was one of the, not necessarily just the mom guilt and not specific to women, but people always say like, Oh, I have anxiety. I have depression, but no one really like talks about the nitty gritty and like what that actually means. And to hear you can like tell how, how anxious she is and how worried about these, you know, these irrational fears. Yeah. And it's just one of these, and it snowballs like from yeah. the start of her email to the end. Well, I have this concern. Oops. Yes. And then this will lead to that. And then that will lead to this. And then all of a sudden it's this big blown out crazy, not crazy, but like big deal. Yeah. And, and you and I have had those conversations and, and I think that I'm, I'm similar in that way, but I know that that's very much how you, you think where you'll see something or you'll think about something and then that will lead to a thought, which will lead to a thought, which will lead to a thought. And then pretty soon you're kind of like in the midst of some, like an anxiety attack yeah. over something that hasn't even happened yet or may not ever happen. It's not even yeah. real, but you've built it up so much in your mind that it causes actual like physical reactions. Yeah, as if it has already happened. Yeah. But no, it was, uh, refreshing eye-opening enlightening um helpful i guess to have hear someone else who like faces the same level of anxiety that i do well and it's funny that you would say that now about her email because i remember after your anxiety episode which i think was one of our first one first five at least Mm -hmm. if you haven't had a chance go back to the archives and find it where we talk about ash's anxiety but it was after listening to that podcast. Oh, and also about Ellie too. Yeah. Where a lot of I had a lot of people message me or message us on the Instagram or on the Facebook. They're like, "Holy shit! Like, I totally feel the same way. Like, it's so nice to know that, you know, this is something that other people will go through, and it's so refreshing to hear that some you know other people are kind of in that same same state. So it's interesting to me that now you're in that position right. where." <laughs> You're reading her email and being like, God, it's so refreshing to to find the other, you know, likes, similar-minded people. Yeah. Yeah. And it is, I mean, I don't feel like that feeling ever goes away because, like I said earlier, people, it's like people are like, oh, everyone has anxiety, so it's cool if I say I have anxiety, but I don't really think people know what that means to have like severe crippling anxiety or they just don't talk about it or they have different levels of anxiety i don't know and and like she says in her email the anxiety compounded with depression yeah you know is is very it's i think it's a very common pairing i guess yeah 
and and so that that does wonders. So we're gonna we're not gonna address every single question that she has, but I think that there's a lot in here that is very very relevant to a lot of the women listening. If you whether you've had a child or not, if you if you've had a child, I'm sure. Well, I'm not sure, but I can imagine you've probably gone through a similar sequence of of thoughts and concerns about being a first time mom. And I think if you haven't had a kid yet, I imagine you are maybe in this place right now where you're kind of thinking and going through in your mind some of the same fears that, what should we call her? Should we call her? Lacey. Lacey. All right. Some of these same common fears and concerns that Lacey is going through right now that she communicates to us. I had a dog named Lacey. I I think I knew that. I'm sure I knew that. She's I knew a good that. dog. And Lacey is a good <laughs> a good girl. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a good human. She's a good hu- human being. Um okay. So let's go ahead and let me just introduce her real quick. And th- this is coming all from her email. So I will just read to you exactly as she wrote it. She says, twenty six year old female in a serious relationship but legally single. Uh, they, I believe they live together, plans to have kids more because boyfriend wants them than because I desperately want to procreate. Uh, she says, I don't mind and would be more than happy adopting. Terrified. No, of, I don't. I, I don't. I don't and would be, I, oh, I don't want to procreate and would be more than happy adopting. Yeah. Terrified of having kids for like 10,000 reasons would be 90% more at ease about it though if we were adopting rather than procreating. And we, I might give a teaser for a future episode. We talked about, I feel like this would be a good segue into a future episode. We, we had another listener suggest doing like a body image episode. Um, and I, my first thought when I read that is, what do you mean you'd rather have, you'd rather adopt than yeah. have your own kids. And then of course, thinking like oh well there's a lot of issues that come along and a lot of fears that women have about their body completely changing to have a baby so i feel like this could be a good segue into like a future episode talking about that more specifically i love it we're gonna table that idea because i think that should be next week boom and if you guys don't follow ash's blog i'm just she's gonna i'm gonna make her uncomfortable but she wrote a very very good blog about kind of this women hating on other women and kind of this competition that women have with each other that's kind of this unspoken, what'd you call it? Like a silent, silent competition. competition. It's at wildandashes.com slash blog. I haven't no. even announced, no, just wildandashes.com. I haven't even announced to anybody that I wrote that blog except for you. Cause... I know, that's why I'm making you uncomfortable. But it's a beautiful blog and I, I loved reading it because I think that you do a very good job of talking about some of these issues that that women have, but that's that's not what we're talking about today. But anyway, go check out Ash's blog because thanks for that. Yeah, it is fantastic. Ash is, if you guys don't know this yet, she is a great, wonderful writer, <laughs> and her blog is amazing. Thanks. I one of Porter's first comments about when he started reading it today. You say fuck a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot, especially like, there was like one. One paragraph where I think it's like four or five times. It was just like well, this barrage of pow, 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 pow. Um, I was writing it 
just free flowing without really thinking about it. And I was also to be ironic. So you want to know what's funny? What is that book that you're, you refer to in your blog? Mm -hmm. Do you know to whom that book belongs? Oh, Lacey, Lacey, it's her book. Thanks. She let me borrow it for like 30 years and I still haven't read it. And then she moved out of state and it's mine forever. So technically it's It's mine. It's yours because I haven't opened it yet. Yeah. Anyways. Okay. So moving on. So she says, and this is later on in the email, but I think this is a good point because I think this is a, a huge concern that a lot of couples have, not just women, but a lot of couples have at the prospect of, of starting a family. And so I'm going to read it again to you verbatim here. Lacey says, I know having a kid is, quotes, worth so much more than that, quotes, but is it for some people, but for everybody? Even if it does, missing that, oh, I fucked up. No. no, I fucked up. Here, let me read this part. This is better. There's a lot compacted into one email. Yeah, I, I, I'm in the wrong place. Okay. She says, I have a friend who will turn 40 this year. She and her husband chose not to have kids. I am afraid I will be jealous of her because they do insanely cool shit all the time, all in caps. Stuff they could not do with children. Are they and they are planning on retiring in five years or so because they have saved money so religiously and will spend their retirement, air quotes, working exclusively on their creative side hustles and traveling to Paris and Brussels twice a year. They probably wouldn't be retiring at 45 if they had had three kids to pay for. They're also going to move to Canada. They have the most fluid social life and spend so much time together. They go on a hike every single day have creative time every day, spend ample time traveling and having cocktail hour with their friends, etc. And they basically live my dream life. So much alone slash head clearing time too. And that's where she goes on to say, I know that having a kid is worth so much more than that, but is it? Um, But for everybody, even if it does, missing that above opportunity will surely sting from time to time. And I see my depression using that to try to pull me down a hole so deep that only running away could save me. I would never run away. I love my boyfriend too much, and I will love my child, children too much ever to do that. Um, but I will daydream about it frequently. Will I feel guilty about my secret daydreams? Well, of course, because even though humans are inherently selfish, we also feel guilt about being selfish. And so I know this couple that she's referring to. Well, I know one of them. And it and and I think that Lacey makes a good point. Like it is very much a sacrifice. Like it's you, you can't you can't have both. Like these people, they do cool shit, and I think it's very easy for people with kids to be like, well, having kids is you know so it, it's so much more fulfilling. Yeah, and and I think that it's easier for us to say that because it's hard. I think for us with kids to look at those people and not be jealous and not be like, have to say, Oh, well having kids is so much more fulfilling. I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade because you to accept the alternative is just to, you know, be miserable. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like it's a, the grass is always greener. There's always like, you don't know what, 
it's I don't know if you have a kid you know what you're missing out on because you've been there you've been that single couple and you've been able to do all these things and now you have a kid and now you can't do those things but on the other side this couple who's never had kids doesn't have anything to compare it to they just know that this is their life yeah so for the people who have kids it's it's easy to say well look how cool their life is i know that because i've been there where that other couple can't say this is better because we don't have kids because they don't necessarily know what it feels like to have kids yeah well i don't know it's and and to kind of build on that like because I, I know who they are, like, A, they both make really good money. And so as far as, like, the financial side of it, yeah, like, there's trade-offs. Having kids is a financial sacrifice. Like, it's a burden. But I also know a lot of people who have kids and live the life they want to live. You know, they take their kids hiking every single day. They take their kids fly fishing or putting them on backpacks and go snowshoeing. You know, they do... Yeah, they don't let their kids get in the way yeah. of the life they want to live. Yeah. And then as far as the retirement at 45, no, probably they, you know, you, you can't retire at 45 if you have kids, especially if you're like, well, I'm going to help pay for college or weddings or savings accounts. Yeah. But I also think that, you know, I know plenty of people who travel internationally with their kids mm-hmm. or leave the, you know, leaving the kids at home if they have a support system. Yeah. So I don't think that... I think that definitely there are given there's a give and take. You know, there are things that you have to to sacrifice to in order to have a family. I'm reading the uh, the book Essentialism right now, and that's one of the biggest things that he talks about is. And if you haven't read that book, please go read it because it's it's awesome. But that's one of the biggest things that he talks about is where are you able to make the biggest impact, like the biggest positive change. And that's where you can, should kind of focus your energies. Instead of being split split so thin across multiple places, you have to pick and choose and you have to say no to things. And you have to say yes. You know, if you say yes to something, it means you're saying no to something else. And so I don't believe that you can have 100% this amazing family life if you're going to be solely focused on your own happiness, mm-hmm. but also... You know, on the other way around, I think that if you're so focused on maintaining this happy family life that you will also find happiness yourself. Yeah, it's it's still hard. Like I wouldn't trade wild or being a mom to be carefree and single or not like single, but carefree and just the two of us for anything. I love the life we have and I I love him and I do feel like he's given me fulfillment and like this is not my sole purpose in life but it's definitely part of the part of the reason I feel like but there are definitely still days when it's like he goes to bed and we're like oh let's go get some ice cream oh wait we can't just leave there's a baby sleeping upstairs or I can't remember the last time you and I just went and saw a movie. Like I miss the like being spontaneous and doing things or having a date night. Yeah. Or um the the idea of, well let's go stay downtown or let's go stay 
in the next town over for the night or something like we don't have that same luxury but it's for me that it the sacrifice of having to plan those things more than we could before like it's worth it yeah there's nothing that we can't do just because we have a kid absolutely and i and i think that because i know we we also referenced Lacey last week when we talked about finances and budget and and how well she is doing you know saving money and stuff like that and so i think that i didn't know that's who we were talking about until after the episode yeah (laughs) and so i think that your ability to budget and save money even if you have kids, I think if that's the habit that you have, then that's how you'll continue on even with kids. And so I think that having that financial freedom goes a long way. I have a friend, for example, who just spontaneously one night bought tickets for himself, his wife, and they took their their babies younger than Wild is to Hawaii the very next day. So yeah. it's like a Sunday and he's sitting around and he's like... Yeah, they do everything with their kids. Yeah, like, snow, like sledding everything. and stuff. And he's like... Let's go to Hawaii tomorrow. And so that he got on the got on his computer, bought tickets to Hawaii, and they went the very next day, just this impulsive, spontaneous mm-hmm. trip. Ash and I don't do things like that. Part of it is because we're terrified to death of taking our son on a fucking plane. Oh god, and especially being trapped in Hawaii. In a, yeah, and being trapped in a steel box with that screaming maniac. But another big part of that is finances. We're just not in a position financially where we have the ability to do impulsive trips like that. But I think that we and we have another couple that we know they take their son to jazz games, to Utah football games, to California all the time, to Lake Powell on the boat constantly every weekend. Mm-hmm. Like they live their same life, but now with a child. Yeah, there, there, there's two types of people with kids, the type of people who take having a kid and make that an excuse for not doing things that they weren't necessarily doing before. And now it's just, Oh, well I got a kid. It's a better excuse. It sounds better than I don't feel like it or something. And then there's the people who don't let having a kid become an excuse. They don't, they do what they want to do. Like these, these friends of ours or acquaintances, they, they still live their lives how they want to regardless of a kid and the kid is just an extra addition yeah to their adventures yeah instead of being like a burden yeah and and ash and i we're we we talked the big talk when wild was very little about like not letting your baby get in the way of your life Mm -hmm. and i think that we've stayed true to that for the most part, like we still we go to friends' the, houses. We straddle the fence a little bit. But there are a lot of things like we're like, let's go snowshoeing. Well, or like, let's take the dogs to like Tanner Park. Well, you know, yeah. go on vacation. We're not um, the best at doing things that are hard. That's also, yeah. And I was going to say, it has nothing to do, it has less to do with our son and more the fact that we are looking for any excuse to say no to everything. Yeah. Well, and it... Where the age he's at, it is an inconvenience to do things with him. Things that are outside of our comfort zone or outside of our norm. Because, yeah, you have to pack the whole house to take a baby anywhere to do things. And it's just more strenuous to do those things carrying a 20-pound baby around. But, yeah, we, I mean, we, that's why I say we, 
straddle the fences. I don't necessarily know we would do those things without him, but it becomes that much harder thinking about doing it with him. And so that's for sure. It's it's more of an inconvenience in our eyes instead of these other people who it's like, it's a no brainer for us. It's, it's more of a easy decision to say no. Yeah. So with that, let's let's go ahead and get into some of her questions, Ash. And you're going to probably end up having to field most of these because I think that a lot, you know, a lot of these have to do with with being a woman and and being the one carrying the baby yeah. and the changes in your body and stuff that that happen with that. So second paragraph, yeah. Yeah. The guilt. Um. Well, she she leads on to that. She says there is guilt about what the babe might eat or how much TV he or she might watch, but one of my main concerns as a future parent is my relationship with my future spouse. And then she lists a bunch of things underneath that, that kind of all follow that relationship with the spouse. Mm-hmm. And so that might be a good place for us to start as time talking about how our relationship has, has changed because of the baby. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm just going to say a couple of hers to give some, I guess I have it background. broken down into questions if you need to, Oh, I I was just going to read the first couple. Okay. Um, will I feel guilty about neglecting my spouse? Will that neglect also create fear about them being unsatisfied or unfulfilled because of me? Uh, she says, even though that's ridiculous, yes. Will I feel guilty when they have to get up in the middle of the night over a crying baby? And it goes on. Um, you can see how it snowballs from one... Yeah. One minute, you know, it's kind of small. I did to get bigger and bigger, more, more intense. So, that was something I thought about when we talked about having kids, and then when we were actually pregnant. Um. Oh, so side note: tomorrow, well, today, because that's probably when this podcast will be published. And by sh- today, she means the twenty fourth of January. Will be in case two you're years. To this. Yeah. That we found out I was pregnant. Found out on January twenty fourth, twenty sixteen. That's gnarly. Sorry, I just kicked this. I mean twenty seventeen. That's so crazy. Yeah. Feels like forever ago, but then also like yesterday. It to me it feels like forever ago. <clears throat> but um so when we got pregnant, you know, that was something I was thinking about is but mine wasn't mine was kind of the opposite, kind of. I didn't feel I don't know. I I worried that our relationship would drift. That cuz I went back and forth. I was like so worried that I was not going to like this kid. And then I was going to be like this horrible mom that never wanted to spend time with my kid. And so I I kind of went back and forth about our like my thoughts on what our relationship would turn into, but I did worry that we would drift apart and that I would feel um, like more attached to the baby than you. And I feel like 90% of these questions have the same like cliche answer (laughs) of, and it's the, it sounds so fucking annoying to hear when you don't have kids or when you're pregnant and you don't understand it until you actually have a kid. 
but it 100% is so different when it's your own kid. Yeah. And for us, uh, seeing you become a dad to Wild just it like made me love you even that much more. Oh, and I would completely agree with that. I, I feel like I like you're I love you more, like you're more attractive. Like there's so much about you now that I adore and not that I, I didn't before, but it's just it's and it's hard to think of that you could love someone more than you, you did a year ago or two years ago. Yeah. Or that having a baby changed that. And and I don't mean to say at all that if you're in a relationship with someone and you have decided that you're not going to have kids that you don't share that same bond as people with kids because that's absolutely not true. Cause I also know there's plenty of parents. You just bond over different things. I right. Guess. And I also know there's plenty of relationships where kids probably have caused problems and that they have, yeah. you know, created tension and, and kind of resentment within the family. And so I don't want to say that it's night and day. Like, yes, you have kids. You're going to love your, your partner that much more. But I think that seeing, like Ash said, I think seeing that watching you grow and become a mom and the way that you care about him and the way that you've matured and the way that you kind of are silly and just so cute with him, it's so much of a change kind of from who you were before. Mm -hmm. And I feel like absolutely that's made me, made me that much closer to you or made me love you that much more. Yeah. And yeah, like you said, I feel like we're lucky in that way. Because not not every woman feels a specific way when they have a kid or not every man, you know, jumps into fatherhood, you know. But uh, for us, I, if anything, um, we, it's brought us closer together because we have something that we share such a strong love over and we like we can bond over that. You know, we, the, it's kind of the joke with, did the cat get down here? No, I locked his ass upstairs. Well, I know that. I just oh, thought I he heard him. Oh, did he jump down? No, for some reason our cat jump, can't jump over that two foot high baby gate. Because he's dumb. But uh, I know there's, I've lost my train of thought. <laughs> um, oh, there's like a joke with like married people with kids, like, oh, go out to dinner and, don't talk about the kids because yeah. you get like you don't have anything in common except kids. But for us, it's helped you know create a like special bond or you know something we can bond over because we have this shared love for this baby that we've created together, and we obviously have a different love for him than anyone else does. Right. And so it's just like sharing a passion with someone. So, I and I, I think too that the the biggest part for us that has helped is not letting the baby become the only thing that we have in common. Yeah, you know we still laugh every single day. We still joke. We still tease each other. We still we don't do the date night necessarily because we just don't ask people to take the baby very often, mm-hmm. and so we don't go out we're going out this Friday night, but I think that we still, we still make each other a priority. Yeah. And it's not as deliberate as maybe it should be. Like we don't calendar in time for each other. You know, when we certainly haven't got to the point where I know a lot of couples, 
go so far as to actually having to calendar sex. Like, especially, you know, if you have two, three, four kids, everybody's doing things and has their own shit going on. You have to calendar in time to have sex. You have to calendar in date night. You have to, to make that person a priority. And so I think that if you allow that child to come between you to where the only thing that you have in common or remaining from your previous relationship is that child, then yes, I think that there's going to be room for, there's going to be resentment. Yeah. It's, you know, it reminds me of, uh, that one episode on shameless where you and I had a very different opinion. Oh, mm -hmm. they had twins. Yeah. They had the twins upstairs and they were baby. These baby girls were upstairs crying and just screaming. And the dad, they were in the middle of this fight and the dad wanted to rush upstairs because the babies were crying and it was his wife that was like, no, like you're going to stay down here and we're going to have this conversation because we're in a marriage. We're in a relationship. They will be fine. You need to fix this. Like you and I need to have this out. Mm -hmm. And she's like, if you go upstairs, like we're done. Yeah, you're walking out of this marriage. You're walking out of this marriage. And he was like flabbergasted. He's like, I can't leave the kids crying. Like, I have to go attend to them. And then after that was done, I'm all, God, she was such a bitch about that. And you're like, no, (laughs) the marriage comes first. Yeah. And and I kind of had a hard time dealing with that at first. But then afterwards, I started thinking more about it. Like, no, like the kids, yeah, they're going to be screaming. They're going to be unhappy. But you have to put in that work with the relationship. Because then you'll be stronger and you'll be able to take care of the kids better than if you guys are fragile and fucked up. You're not going to be in a good place to take care of your kids anyway. Yeah. And that's something I've always um, wanted to make a priority even before we were having serious talks about, you know, getting pregnant is your spouse should always come first because number one, how are you going to teach your children what a healthy relationship is and what to expect in a relationship, regardless of if they're boy or girl, if you can't show them that at home, if you can't show them that, you know, your spouse is the most important person in the household, the you two are, you know, king and queen, so to speak, and you have to be your support system. If you can't show them that, then you're setting them up for failure. And if you don't have a healthy relationship with your spouse, it's obviously going to get rocky. And then, you know, that leads in divorce. And what are you teaching your kids then? Yeah. So that's always been something that I've, I've wanted. Um, But one of, when you were talking, it reminded me, Um, another thing I feel like has helped a lot with trying to prevent any resentment or anything is for me to let you help and not feel like I have to do everything. It was hard when I was breastfeeding because I was the only person that could get up and feed him. And I did, I would wake up and I would be like, look over Fuck you. You're just sleeping so cozy. I got to get up with the baby. Useless nipples. Yeah. And, but now that, you know, wild's weaned and he's, uh, on just regular cow's milk, he, and even before that, you know, you were, you've always been good about 
oh, well, I'll give them a bath or I'll get them ready for bed or I'll do this so that we're splitting up the workload. And even now, it's usually one of us will put him to bed if the other one had bathed him earlier in the night or if like one person does both in one night then the next night the other person is usually offering to do both or to you know it's I don't feel like we're keeping score necessarily but it's like oh I can see I am you're tired and trying to make dinner or you've got to work on this email or you know whatever I feel like we jump in and help each other out yeah so it it helps so that one person's not feeling like they're doing all the work and that it's we're a team. And mm-hmm. it's not just like, you're the mom, you yeah. take care of the kid. Go change the diaper. So, I, I mean, I feel really lucky that you're like that because I know there's a lot of men who feel the opposite way where, like, these gender roles are the mother attends to the children and that's that. Yeah. So that, that, that's really helped me. And it was hard at first, you know, to be like, well, I'm his mom. He wants me. I'm his comfort. I want to provide that comfort. And then I had to, you know, realize, oh, well, it's helpful for me to get that break too. Yeah. It's helpful for you to bond with him. It's helpful for me to get a break. And I, I think that it's, it's helped just all around a lot. Yeah, and I love that we alternate with stuff so that you take a break. Like I'll take a, I'll give him his bath, and then you'll put him down, or, or vice versa. And so that it, you know, there are times when I'll do both, or you'll do both, and depending on the situation. So I think that it is good that we share the responsibilities. And I, I've never looked at it like I'm helping you, you know, that I'm I'm doing this for you, or that I'm trying to help you out. I know I need to get out of the but, habit of like saying that. Yeah. Well, I know, and we've talked about or that before, like that. And, and she even kind of mentions that in the podcast where, or in the in her email, where we talked about in one of the podcast episodes where you kind of like felt guilty because you were sick or something and couldn't, you know, and I was like, no, I'll go take care of the baby. And you're like, no, it's fine. I'll do it. Yeah. And I'm like, why are you being so goddamn stubborn? Well, like, not- this isn't your responsibility. <laughs> this is ours. If you can't, I will. And, you know... You, I think you, you've gotten a lot better, but you definitely still struggle with relinquishing that, that control, mm-hmm. and feel you feel obligated to do everything for him, even though he's not just your baby; he's ours, and we're in it together. But you still feel this like guilt when I'm doing yeah. things for him. And I have gotten better, but um, I was just looking over her email, and one of the things. Like, feeling guilty when he gets up with the baby at night. And, yeah, I mean, up until probably, like, really recently, I have felt guilty every time you've got up with him. Yeah, I feel like that's gone away. Yeah. <laughs> you're pretty you're pretty good at letting me get up at 3 o'clock in the morning with him. Sorry. <laughs> it's kind of one of those, like, sometimes I look over and I'm all, it's me again? Okay. Well, I guess it's me time, again. Most of the time, I'm trying to see if he'll cry himself back to sleep or fall asleep. But 
yeah, I mean, for the last year at least, it was, and it's it's hard because you'll go to get up with him to, you know, let me sleep, and then I'm laying there, and my, I don't even know what it is, like, the mom in me is like, I can't settle down until I know my baby's back asleep. Not like because I'm worried that you're not doing an adequate job. It has nothing to do with that. It's just I can't settle down until I know that he's at ease and he's okay. And so it sucks because I, I'm i not getting up with him, but I'm also not sleeping because whereas, you're getting up with him. Whereas if it were reversed and you were getting up with him, I'd be out like a light. Yeah. If and you were I'd like, be over hey, there like, don't, don't worry about it. I'll get the baby up. Like, huh? What? Sleep. Yeah. You'd be snoring by the time I <laughs> you got, to, got your robe I left on. the room. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> no, I'm sorry that I can sleep better than you. I know. It's the one thing that I will well, forever <laughs> resent you for. You know, the one of the funny things is I was thinking about him, you know, when he was little, even when he was breastfeeding. But we still, you know, had we had bottles and stuff. Is we would get in like these arguments about who was staying up with him, and mm-hmm. not because it was like you had him last. You, you know, I did it tonight. It's your turn. No, fuck you. I'm tired. Yeah. I have stuff tomorrow. It's your turn. It was the opposite. It was the opposite where I was like, Ash, I've got the baby. Go to bed. And you're like, No, you go to bed. I've got the baby. Go back to sleep. That's because I. Well, no, you're so goddamn stubborn. Just give me the child and go to bed. <laughs> I couldn't, I don't know why I just had these like gender roles stuck in my head, but I'm like, I birthed him. He's my responsibility. You're the guy. Just go sleep. You can play football with him when he's older. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It like in my head, in my stubborn head, that was like, it felt like very much like you were doing me a favor if you got up with him instead of like, nope. It's your You're turn. just taking care of yeah. your child. Like it felt very much in my head that you were doing it to help me out. Have you ever? This is an interesting question that I had never really thought about. She says, "Well, I resent the baby because it gets so much of his love and attention." Have you ever felt that way with Wild? Like if I'm with the baby, that you are like missing my attention, that I'm not doting on you, or that I'm not giving you the attention that you need. Have you ever felt not with Wild with Ellie, yeah, but not with Wild. Yeah. Yeah, I know that with Ellie that's that's been the case that you've felt jealous or or resentful. Yeah, but no, I've never ever felt that way with Wild. I I it makes me happy. I like seeing you guys spend time and bond and I think if anything if there was resentment, it would be for me because I'm with the baby and you're not. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're not jealous. It's my of... time with him. <laughs> yeah. Give me the baby. There's been I times. I don't care about you. I can see you whenever. I want the baby. <laughs> when you're like, I'll go give him a bath and then I'll go up there and just hang out for like 10 <laughs> minutes. You're like, so do you want to give him a bath? Well, I always feel like you're watching me, like you're supervising. Like, you just oh. like bopped in to like hover and make sure I was doing a good job. Like, you're not I did there. that at first because you would yeah. always play on your phone and it would make me super nervous. <laughs> But and I know that, and so like you walk in, and I'm all no, but now I just generally am like, you guys sound like you're having a lot of fun in here. Can I play? See, and I have a hard time with that because I'm like, <laughs> I've got, I've got the kitchen to clean, or I've got shit to do. So if you're gonna bathe him, like step in, because if not, then 
go do that other thing that needs to be done as yeah. opposed to like I have a hard time relaxing and just being like we're all just going to be here and together and like we're going to hang out See, and, and that's it's fun where because I there's get... shit that needs to be done I get anxious and I'm like we don't both need to be in here someone should be doing the dishes or the laundry or whatever so if you're not going to do those things then you stay here and hang out with the baby and I will go do those things yeah and that's where I not resentment that's not the right word but that's where I get feelings is I I would like you to just like be able to turn everything off and just play and hang out and focus and be present you know and just no everything else can wait just why well, I, I struggle with that no matter what and i know it's definitely something that i'm i'm hoping i'm working on i feel like i am but it's one in one of ed Milet's podcasts he talks about like wherever i am that's where i am if i'm in a meeting mm-hmm. that's the only thing that i'm present for if i'm at my daughter's volleyball game that's the only thing that i'm thinking of if i'm at the gym that's the only thing that i'm thinking of yeah and i am not present anywhere no matter where i am i'm thinking i should be someplace else and when i am doing something else i should be doing something else and so i'm never and this is this is way off topic (laughs) um but i'm never able to just be where i am i'm always thinking I've got something else I should be doing. And I thought it was when it was really bad was when I was teaching and I thought it was limited to teaching, but now I not teaching anymore. And I realize that no matter where I am, unless I'm completely like distracted, like with a, a movie, like in a theater or something, I'm thinking that I should be doing something else and that I feel guilty because I'm, I have other responsibilities that I'm not doing. Yeah. So yeah. Off topic, but, if I could change one thing about you, it would be that because I look and there's been so many times where I'm like, look at him and you're focused on your phone or your computer or whatever. And then by the time you look, I'm like, well, he stopped doing what I was trying to show you. And then I get frustrated and then I, you know, it pisses me off. I'm like, what are you doing that's more important than watching your son? Like you, your memory sucks anyways. I don't want him to be Ellie's age and be like, hey, dad, what did I do when I was that age? And you're like, I don't remember, son. I was on Facebook or I was writing an email and so my mind wasn't there and I don't remember or, you know, I just, I don't want that for you or for him. And if well, there was one thing I could change, I I would right. wish that you'd be more present with and, him. And I can see that, like, that's really, it's it's something that I'm awful at. But there are also times when I'm doing like not just on my phone or not just on the computer, but like unloading the dishwasher, loading the dishwasher, doing cleaning, doing dishes. I'm at the sink or something and you're like in the other room and you're like, oh, look at him. And I'm like, I can't just watch him all the time. Like, especially if we're both home with him, I can't just sit and watch, sit with you and just watch him all the time. Like there's things that we're doing and if I'm in the middle of like doing the dishes or I'm trying to, like he said, respond to an email or something, sometimes I'm away from him anyway. I'm not looking at him, but I understand like if I'm with him and that's what we're doing and I'm around him, then yes, I should be paying more attention. Like I absolutely admit that. Yeah. But I am saying in my defense, there are times when I'm not necessarily even in the room or by him 
and you're watching him and you're like, oh, did you see that? And I'll be like, well, no, I didn't because I'm, I'm not in that place. Yeah. Physically. So, um, so this is some kind of be some of these for you talking about, um, one of her questions and then it goes on to branch out to a mother. She says, will I resent him? for ruining my body because if he's the one pushing for the child she doesn't want the child and this is a whole other issue like this is the biggest thing that i think that this could tie into next week's episode yeah the, the one of the things that needs the conversations i think that needs to happen more importantly than fears about being a mom is if you're in a relationship and one of one party in the relationship desperately wants children and the other party adamantly does not i don't believe that you should concede to having the child if you are not a hundred percent in it and i'm sure again this could this would be its own episode it depends on who wants the children and who doesn't because if it were reversed and she was the one who desperately wanted children and he did not chances are they probably wouldn't have kids but since he's the one wanting children and pushing it, chances are they're going to have kids. It's kind of like um, we were watching Married at First Sight, and one of the couples, the the guy we've learned um, is not attracted to his wife that he was had an arranged marriage with. And so they may have... I don't remember if they've kissed at all. I think they kissed all. at the wedding, at like the... the Ceremony. You may now kiss the bride. Um, but they didn't kiss at all during the reception. It got like super uncomfortable. Everyone's clinking their glasses. Kiss, kiss. She goes in for a kiss. He backs off. Like it's uncomfortable. And, you know, she keeps there on their honeymoon. Oh, I, you know, it's kind of weird you haven't kissed me yet. And we were talking about it where he's kind of, no, I'm not ready to. I don't. I don't know you yet. I I'm not ready to kiss you. And so since he's the man and that's those are his views, he's not it's probably not going to happen. Like she's not going to force a kiss on him, but if it were reversed and it was a woman who was like regardless of attraction or not, like I don't feel comfortable kissing you yet. I don't know you. It would be this big deal like, "Oh, you're such a prude." blah blah blah, like well, there was that one couple, remember, she refused to have sex with him and they ended yeah. up getting divorced. But I, we were saying how it, if there was all that pressure with at the reception, like everyone's clinking their glasses and looking at them to kiss, and if it were reversed where she didn't feel comfortable kissing him, I'm sure the pressure and the expectation would have gotten to her and she... Between the two of them, the woman would probably be the one to break down yeah. and do something she was uncomfortable with just for the sake of pleasing him and other people. And I feel like that's the same with having children, where if the man is the one who wants it, chances are the woman is just going to be like, okay, well, I don't want you to leave me or whatever reason, I, I'll appease you and have a child where the other way around, I don't think many men would break down and say well i don't want kids but you do so i guess we're having kids well, i know couples that have been in that situation where they're like the man is like i don't want kids you do and she pushes and pushes like okay fine we're gonna have a kid this is your kid i'm not changing a diaper 
I am not, you know, doing any of these things. I'm not getting up at night. You know, it's kind of like you tell your your kids when they want a dog, like, hey, if we have a dog, yeah. <laughs> I'm not picking up after it, you know. And yeah. and I don't think that is the case in this situation. But I have known, you know, men to, to be that way. But I, I think that you're right. Like, I think that there's a stubbornness and kind of this, like, resilience that men in some cases possess and are more likely to, to kind of be like, nope, this is just the way it is. And the woman, sadly, is usually the one who has to concede to, to kind of his, his whims, I guess. Yeah. But what, I mean, do you think knowing what you know about being a mom, because you had your reservations, absolutely, but you were absolutely the one who wanted this kid. I mean, we we want it together, but you wanted to be a mom. Yeah. Do you feel like in that case where she has kind of already expressed, I don't necessarily want to, um, you know, I would be, like she said, 90% more at ease about it if we were adopting. Do you feel like as a mom, her going through the whole pregnancy and having the baby that, that will change her mind to be like, okay, now that this baby's here, like I'm, I'm in it. Or do you think, I don't feel like it's just black and white. Like, unfortunately, not every woman who has a baby is in love with their baby as like how I am. And I know a lot of women hate being pregnant and a lot of women have really hard pregnancies due to their bodies changing so drastically. I think every single woman would be lying if they said... I 100% loved being pregnant. I loved watching my body change, especially in the early months when you can't tell that you're obviously pregnant and you just look like you've gained 15 pounds. Like, and you're sick or you feel like shit the all the time. That's the shittiest part you're of being pregnant. Like, I don't fit in my clothes. I don't look pregnant. I just look chubby. Yeah. Like, you're starting to swell. I Any weight I gain goes to my fucking face. So I have this pooch. And this fat face, and I'm like, I, there's nothing attractive about me whatsoever. Like, insecurities skyrocket. It's just, I mean, I don't, I wouldn't say I have like crazy body images, but, or images, crazy body image. What the hell am I trying to say? <laughs> I know what you're trying to say, but I'm trying, I'm struggling to think of the word. You don't have a, like, body. An- you don't have a negative body image. Yeah. Like it, you don't have a complex. There's certain women who no matter how their bodies look, they see something completely different in the mirror and I'm I'm not like that, but you know, I it's always something that's on my mind about how my body looks and you gain a little weight and you don't feel good about yourself and I was super insecure through a lot of my pregnancy where I, I liked being pregnant. I had a relatively easy pregnancy, but I can't tell you how many times we not fought, but I would go on these like crazy tangents of you're going to leave me cause I'm so disgusting and I'm fat and blah, 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 blah. And you're like, you're not fat, you're pregnant, number one, and you're beautiful, and blah, 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 but that's not what you see when you look in the mirror. You don't see this, like, 
beautiful, glowing, pregnant person looking back at you, you see this like person who's gained heaps of weight, as my New Zealand friend would say, <laughs> heaps. <laughs> and yeah, it's, I don't know what, where I got on this tangent, <laughs> but uh, so yeah, I can't say that if you want a kid or if you're not that, sure yeah, about that was a kid, where it came from is... you should just power through and then everything will be well because I, it might not be, but it might be the opposite where you love being pregnant and then you, the kid comes and you're like, this is not what I had in mind. Um, for me, the whole pregnancy, I had reservations. I got fucking psycho, like psychotic. These it, thoughts scared me. Yeah, like, it really wasn't until the baby was born and they put it on your chest that yeah. you were like, okay, I'm in it. Yeah. I'm here. Even when they first, when I very first had him and they put him on my chest, I looked down and I'm like, this baby's not cute. <laughs> he just came out of me. He's all weird colors. He wasn't breathing. I couldn't see his face. He wasn't breathing. But then like once once he was all cleaned up and then came over, that's like when we, yeah. we bonded. But I didn't bond with him my entire pregnancy. And I... It was terrifying for both of us. Yeah. I think it was was very was very scary, and I I think that it that scary factor is compounded by not wanting a kid in the first place. Yeah, and so that's why I was kind of like, I don't know if that's something that you should give in on. I mean, you know, going back to kind of essentialism, there's always trade offs. Yeah, if you choose a life without a child, you can be a hundred percent perfectly happy and fulfilled. And, you know, a lot of people say the grass is always greener, but I know a lot of people they are like, mm, not really. Like, I see what you're doing as a parent. I see the life that you're living. I am 100% resolute in my decision to not have kids. Yeah. And there's definitely times where having a kid and I see the way that those people live where I'm all, yeah, that looks like a pretty fantastic life. But then we do things with Wilder. We have you know, moments with him where I'm like, I wouldn't trade this for, for Paris. I wouldn't trade this for the ability, you know, the freedom to, to go and do things that's on a whim. Like Mm -hmm. I am so absolutely head over heels in love with this baby that I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade it. I wouldn't undo this decision to have a baby knowing what our life was like without him. Yeah. And I, I gained a lot of, not like a lot of weight, but I guess it's like a healthy amount of weight, but I, I got up to like 170 pounds, 171, two pounds, which is a lot for someone who's five foot three. And, uh, that was, you know, a complete fucking culture shock for me. And luckily I was able to, you know, go back to my pre-baby weight and, you know, through working out and eating healthy, um, I feel I'm comfortable with my body. I like how my body looks, but there's still things that are different and they're never going to be the same as they were. But when I was pregnant, I had more of an issue with them. Now they don't phase me. Like, your belly button never looks the same after you have a kid. 
I actually like the way my belly button looks now more than I did before I had a kid, but I luckily didn't get a lot of stretch marks on my stomach. They're mostly like pretty, you can't even really tell that they're there now. I don't care about the stretch marks on my boobs because who fucking cares about stretch marks on your boobs? Um, unless they're, your boobs are out all the time, but it's, uh, it's cliche, but it's like, it was worth it, but I also have it easy where I didn't get horrendous stretch marks like some women do, but you, you just like, you just learn to love your new body or that's the hope. I don't know. These questions are not black and white no. because every woman and every birth and every pregnancy is is different. And every body is different how it responds to pregnancy yeah. and Well, you show me like pictures of like women that you follow on Instagram, you're like, "Cool, look at this woman 2 days after she gives birth, like she's like at the gym working out again and yeah. has like a six-pack and you can't even tell that she had a baby come out of her." But then there's other women who like I follow this one who just had twins and she's more petite than I am. And she pr- probably weighs less than I do, but the um, stretch marks on her stomach from carrying twins and then carrying a son before that, plus like the loose skin, like her stomach will never look quote unquote normal. But, and that's why I'm like, well, I'm lucky. Um, I guess I'm one of the girls that everyone fucking hates because my stomach isn't all stretch marked up and I still I still have loose skin but it could be worse yeah but it I don't know it's hard to explain you kind of just like for me I just like embraced what my body looks now looks like now because I just love him so much that it doesn't I'd rather have him than have like what my stomach looks like before I don't know, but if it's yeah, I mean, worst case scenario, you can you can have plastic surgery, you can have things to kind of fix that to yeah. a certain extent, whereas you can't have like a baby. <laughs> I guess you can have a baby and fix your body, whereas you can't keep your body. And I guess if you adopt, but yeah, but I mean, if it's if it's a big enough concern that it's hindering you from wanting to have a child, then I. Don't do it if you don't want it. Yeah. Because you can't... If you go into it resenting how your body is going to look, regardless of how it turns out, I would hate for that resentment to fall on the child Absolutely. or your spouse. Which I know that that's one of her anxieties. Like, that's one of her... Well, that's what I was her, yeah. getting at, yeah. Her issues. And I think... And I I've mean, never... I don't think I've ever blamed you for how my body looked. It's always the joke, like, you did this to me. Yeah. I said that when I was huge and pregnant and couldn't bend over to pick things up, but I've never, like, felt resentment towards you for... Putting a baby in you? Yeah. I I think no matter what the decision, I don't think it should be taken lightly. I think having a baby or not having a baby in, in, in that relationship is a big deal. Like, it should not just be like, well... My boyfriend wants it, so fuck it. Let's have a baby. Because I don't think you should 
I don't think that you should bring a baby into the world. And I don't want to say unless you're 100% committed to it or 100% prepared because you're never going to be 100% prepared. No. Like, there's never going to be the right we made, time to have yeah, a Yeah, there's kid. never going to be a right time. And that's what I keep trying to remind Ash of because I want a second baby. <sighs> and she's like, no, it's not the right time. And I'm like, it's never going to be the right time. And, you know, our house isn't big enough or we don't make enough money or Wild's not sleeping. So we can't, you know, there's a lot of reasons why we shouldn't have another baby right now. But in my mind, it's just like, fuck it, let's just do it. We'll figure it out. You know, we've done it once. We're okay. <laughs> Which kind of goes contrary, completely contrary to my advice that I'm giving you right now. <laughs> but I think that we we talked about it a lot. We weighed it out a lot. And it was something that we were both on board for. And likewise, I think that, you know, especially if it's, if it's one of those things where the relationship will end based off of, you know, if you decide, no, I don't want a baby, and that's a deal breaker for him, then you have to decide, is this relationship worth the sacrifice, you know, the, the trade-off of having a baby? Mm-hmm. If you can't keep the relationship without having the baby, then there's got there's got to be a trade-off. There's got to be a sacrifice. And if you are adamant that you do not want to be to procreate and to have a child yourself, then, and that's a deal breaker for him, well, that puts you in a really tough position because one of those things is going to change. Yeah. You're either going to end the relationship or you're going to have the baby. You can always find another relationship. And this is shitty to say, but you can always find another relationship, but you can't go backwards from having a child. Yeah. Once that baby comes out of you, even if you give it up for adoption, the you know physically the you know if you're worried about your body, the damage has been done. And I will say that regardless of what your body goes through and looks like, even if you have scarring and marks, your body is like really incredible, and you don't even realize it until you have a baby. Um, I had to get a shit ton of stitches and I I mean after you give birth you look seven months pregnant for a long time and you just feel fat and disgusting and you have milk leaking out of you and blood leaking out of you and you fucking hate how you feel for a long time but your body is resilient and there's a lot of things where I like look now and I'm like I, f- I can't even tell that I had that done, I can't even tell that my vagina like literally ripped in half. I can't even tell that it, I like this was there. Something you were so concerned about when you were pregnant or right after you have the baby, like you think it's like this life altering thing that happened to you. Like your body is resilient, and it uh, yeah, it, for it, a lot for the most part, you you go back to how you were. Before you had a baby. Well, and I think now you're in better shape physically than you were before you got pregnant. Yeah, 100%. So, and and we'll talk, I think that's a good, I think there's a lot of the body questions that she has as far as like the resentment and the changes and things like that that we we can put a pin in and, and come back to tomorrow. Yeah. Or, <laughs> tomorrow. <laughs> no. No. Uh, <laughs> next week. Yeah. But... Uh, this probably is no. I ho- I don't know if this is helpful at all because, like Ash says, I don't know if it's helpful either. Every situation is different, and 
everybody told her when she was pregnant and had all these doubts and had all these anxieties, they said, it's different when it's your kid. You know, she had a bad experience with Ellie and that kind of tainted her perception of motherhood and having a baby. Yeah, there was a point in our relationship where I went from we're having kids to I never want to have kids because of my experience with Ellie. Like I, I said, I'm not having kids anymore. And it was a kind of a factor with my, not with us having kids, but it affected how I felt going into getting pregnant and having kids. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I had constant doubts and fears. Well, and it's easy to say it'll be different when it's your baby, but that doesn't assuage those doubts. That doesn't, you know, oh, oh, okay, well, then my anxiety will just turn off and I'll just accept everything. That's like people just saying to anything, it'll all work out. And so, you know, there really is no, (laughs) there's no advice that you can just like give somebody to, to cure their anxiety about having a baby. And even like right now we've had a child and we want to talk, we talk about having a second one. And a lot of those same concerns come up again, even though we've been through it already. Um, you know, will I love the second baby as much as I love the first? Like how will I feel like, what if I don't like the second baby? What if I hate the baby for, or resent the baby for taking my attention away from wild or vice versa? Mm -hmm. What if I resent wild for taking my attention away from new baby, new baby or, what if I think wild is uh, in the way or yeah. too hard when I'm, yeah, I don't know. And There's... so so all those doubts start all over again. But she talks about feeling vain about her body. You want to talk about feeling vain. One of my top concerns was what if my baby's ugly and I don't know it because I love them because they're mine and everyone talks about my ugly baby. Yeah. And then now with baby number two. I'm like, you see those freak couples, not freak couples, but those couples that have like the really cute first child and the second child just is not cute. And I have legit concerns yeah. about that. It's hard. How vain is that? I'm terrified to have a kid because I don't want them to be ugly. Yeah. Yeah. It's. I mean. And I don't want a girl. <laughs> okay. I'm scared to have a second kid because I don't want a girl. So, Lacey, I don't know if this is this has helped you. Probably not. At all. It, I think we just have talked ourselves into circles. But we pretty much pretty much just um I think to answer the rambled the, 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 yeah, for <laughs> for a little over an hour to to kind of just review as far as our relationship goes, you know, not talking about any of those other other questions. That one we can we can address. Our relationship has gotten better because of the baby. I feel like we're more committed to each other. I feel like I view Ash with a whole new level of respect as she's kind of developed this maturity and kind of taken on this motherhood role that has made her more attractive to me. Same with you. And I don't... Yeah, thank you. And I don't resent her at all for anything. And like you said, I think that's mutual, right? That you don't feel like mm-hmm. I take time away from or that the baby takes time away from us or that you take time away from me to be with the baby. Yeah. But I, I, I feel like I need to put like an asterisk on that is, uh, though I feel like that should be hammered out before baby arrives. 
is what do you expect roles to be when the baby comes? Yeah, we didn't do that. And and now that you said that, like, I think that's a good conversation is like, how are we going to deal with this? Yeah. We know who's going to do what, what is the expectation? Because there's been plenty of nights where we're just laying in bed and the baby's like screaming and we're kind of just like, who's going to do so it? So if I wait long enough, she'll just go. And yeah. Ash is like, well, if I just wait long enough, he'll get up. And so I think being able to communicate and have that, you know, kind of laid out as like every other night or, you know, hey, it's your turn. Because mm-hmm. we've never really done that. Like, hey, it's your turn. I'm not getting up. You yeah. need to go. But like, uh, I that just reminded me like diapers. We've never had a fight about diapers. Like, no. I changed the last poopy diaper. We've never done it. It's kind of just, we just. Yeah. And there have been plenty of times where you have him and he's got a poopy diaper. You just hand him to me and be like, hey, dad's going to go change you. Yeah. And I go and change him. You know, we don't, I don't think they've ever been pushed back. Is like, no, I'm not changing his diaper. Yeah. You do it. So. But that, I feel like you're the exception. Hmm. Not the rule. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay, Ash, I feel like we should wrap it up. <laughs> yeah, because no more babies. <laughs> So we're going to unwrap this one. <laughs> we're going to Sorry, I got a 10-year plan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that you know of. I've that got the weakest scoff I've, I've ever got, done. I've got new nose pliers and a headlamp. I am the lightest sleeper in the world <laughs> unless you drug my cocktail that is not happening. Okay, guys. Well, this has been another episode of This is Marriage podcast. Remember, you can find us on Instagram even though we don't use it very often, even though I said last week we were going to. This is Marriage Podcast, and you can join us on Facebook at our community or at our group, This Is Marriage Support Group, and online at thisismarriagepodcast.com. Remember, if you liked this episode, uh, give us a rating yeah, and share review. It. Share it with your friends. Um, on iTunes, we love that you subscribe and um, go give us some stars if you like what you hear. All the stars. It lets iTunes know to share this with other people. And then maybe someday we get sponsors and we can pay off our credit card debt. So. Yep. Or pay for a second kid. Who knows? Yeah, buy a new house so we could get a second <laughs> kid. Anyway, I am Porter. I'm Ashley. This is Marriage. We love you. Bye. Bye. So oh.